Oh, you bunch of savages. You came back to join me one more time, and I appreciate it. You could be anywhere else, but you're here with us. It's the Mean-Spirited Podcast. It's time to get it on, get it on, gotta get it on. So whatever your fancy is, let's get rolling forward. It's been a good week for us. I feel like we're moving forward more as a society, putting some things out there, um, shedding some light on some things that really need to have some light shed on them. We got Juneteenth coming up. Um, If you don't understand about that, please take some time. Educate yourself. Um, It's something that our country needs to make sure they're recognizing more and more each year. Um, We do have some big uh, organizations recognizing it this year, and I think that's great. It's a step in the right direction. Um, But let's not just talk about it. Let's be about movements and be the people that are stepping up and making it happen. Um, Let me know if there's some things that you want us to talk about coming up on the podcast today. We are going to talk the unsolved murder of Dolores Smothers. I know that's what a lot of you tuned into here. So we're going to get to that real quick and get to some news that you may or may not know and some kind of bombshell stuff too. So we're looking forward to that. Um, as far as everything goes with the rest of the show, we got NBA insider Jan Xman coming on to talk the King of Staten Island, which we have both seen in its premiere week. It's kind of cool to see what movies are doing as far as that stuff goes. I wonder with premieres from now on, are we going to get them on Netflix, or are we going to be able to pay a little bit more and watch them all from home? Does it eliminate the movie theater entirely from the equation? But what do we miss out on once we eliminate the movie theater? We talk about that as well. Uh, some delicious summer snacks, and the fact that I don't know how to do a lot of man shit is what we're going to talk about. So like I said, stick with us here. We're going to be talking about the unsolved murder of Dolores Mothers right away. Um, but If you don't have time to listen, make sure you take your finger, put it on that gimmick, run it all the way to the end. Let's get a full listen out of this one, and then you can start over from the beginning when you have time to embrace it. We want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, King Meds Delivery. KingMedsDelivery.com is the website for all your medical marijuana needs. They've got a large selection of flour, shatter, and concentrates, as well as edibles. Free delivery, anything over $99. Get with King Meds Delivery, kingmedsdelivery.com. Let them know the mean-spirited podcast sent you their way. Also, we want to say big shout-out to Onyx Cannabis Labs, at Onyx Cannabis on Instagram. Give them some love, too. Give them some support. Shout them out when you can. They make some of the best concentrates that I've ever had. So I also want to go ahead and say a big thank you To our newest and maybe our largest sponsor ever, Manscaped. Manscaped, you beautiful bastards, you did it again. Not only do you have the Lawnmower 3.0, the best male grooming system on the planet, but you have given us the Weed Whacker, the most unbelievable nose and ear hair trimmer. And let me tell you something, as you get older, it's great. It stops growing up top on your head, starts moving its way down to your ass and planting patches on your back and shoulders on the way down. But uh, you start growing out of the nose and the ears a little bit, and you've got to keep that shit clean. Nothing worse than, than talking to someone who's got a long nose hair that you just want to either pluck or get them to put their finger in their nose and curl it up in there. Um, or someone with a b- bunch of ear hair, like a couple long ear hairs sticking out when you're sitting next to them. You just want to look at them the whole time. It just affects the way you feel about someone. So keep that stuff clean, guys. There's no reason to be nasty, especially right now. I know we're in quarantine. I see a lot of you guys growing your hair out and stuff like that, and that's fine. Some of you have beautiful heads of hair that you need to go to the salon for. 
But if you're just a mutt like me, shave that shit. Keep it clean. You don't need to let your hair grow nasty and not buzz it down just because you want to look weird for coronavirus time. Get out of here, people. Um, but anyway, thanks again for joining us, guys. Give us some love on Instagram at Mean Spirited Podcast and let us know some of the things you want to talk about. Share this with your friends and family. And if you really hate it, share it with a couple enemies too. We appreciate the love. All right, so we're going to jump back into the unsolved murder of Dolores Mothers. I want to say something that I think should go without saying. If you have actual information on this, I want you to reach out as well to the Genesee County Police Department or the Michigan State Police Department because the family deserves closure on this. I think it's important um, to get this information out there. So let's talk about the 900-pound elephant in the room. And the first person that is suspected in every murder is always the spouse. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. He has a pretty solid-looking alibi, if you ask me. Um, he has a receipt from a store based off the exact time frame that they think um, that the murder obviously happened based off, again, when she returned home from work, the fact that her jacket was still on, etc. Um, so the husband has a receipt from a store. Now, some people have said, boy, that is really um, convenient that he has a receipt from the store for that time. Um, really, really convenient. Well, it's convenient if you were at a store at that time and hung on to your receipts. Um, is it common to hang on your lunch receipt or a receipt from a gas station? I don't know. Um, I found a million receipts in my car over the years that why did I get this receipt and then you just throw it out. So maybe that was the case of it. Maybe he had it in his pocket. Um, oh, wait a minute. This is what I, yeah, I can prove where I was here. Look, um, maybe it was, maybe there is more to it. Um, I don't know. I'd love to be able to go more in depth on that, but we don't have a lot of information on that. We don't know if this is something that was planned out or anything like that because there just isn't a ton of information based off the fact of how many people went through the crime scene that day before it was, you know, sectioned off. Um, all of those things. So here is where I think the opportunity lies for law enforcement to dig a little deeper. Now, we're not going to use an exact name right now, but what we are going to say is man by the name of BK. BK was a known peeping Tom in the area. Um, BK had been looked at by many, many people over the years and had been a known peeping Tom around McCain Lake. Um, the person lived with their parents, was single, and the parents had a knack for knowing people in the neighborhood and going to them and explaining that their son was being unfairly railroaded by the police. They actually moved into some, some couples when they were first moving in on the lake. The people would go and greet themselves with the story of how their son um, was, the cops came while they were playing Monopoly and the cops came in and accused him of murder and they were just playing Monopoly the whole time. Out of an apropos of nothing is where these stories come up that they tell their neighbors. Now, this person was, like I said, a known peeping Tom, was caught peeping in many different houses on the lake. And I think now this is a clear case of a small town. Somebody knows somebody. So we're not going to go ahead and arrest him. And those kind of things, unfortunately, happened all the time um, in the 90s. And there were lots of little crimes that would get committed in the small towns 
that would just go unreported or if they did get reported, just go overlooked. And I think this, unfortunately, these things getting overlooked, let's look at this. This is a crime of opportunity. It's not a crime of passion. She wasn't shot 15 times. She wasn't stabbed and bludgeoned. What happened to her was apparently less than one wound, or I'm sorry, less than one wound, just one wound, less than two wounds on her. It wasn't a crime of passion where there were going to be multiple stab wounds like we talk about, um, shots to the face, things like that. So this to me shows someone knew she had to be there, right? Unless it's just Johnny on the fucking spot, the person, her attacker, her killer, knew where she was, okay? There were items that ultimately were missing from the property, but they were items that someone had to know they were there. So this isn't a situation to me, this is the reason I don't think it was the husband. I think that it would be something more valuable than guns gone. I think this is the crime of someone who panicked, and who stole something from the house because they wanted to steal. I think, personally, what happened was this person looked into the windows of the smother's home. I think that the pervert was looking at their teenage daughter. And maybe was looking at Dolores as well. But he was looking at one, if not both, of the women in the smother's home saw where they kept certain items, and wanted these old guns. I think that the person lost track of time when they were into the home, or perhaps took the opportunity of when Dolores was coming home for lunch to also break into the house. And maybe the pervert thought he was such a great peeping Tom that he couldn't get caught, and maybe startled Dolores. And maybe that's how she got killed. And then he went in for what he came for in the first place. Now, this person, after this crime, was well known to peep in windows um, and things of that nature. There is no arrest record that was able to be found from this person um, as far as any sexual misconduct or anything like that. We're not going to release the person's name, but I assure you, it's not hard to find if you really want to look at it. This person needs to be talked about because of the fact that the people on the lake have young kids and he's going around peeping in windows, everything else. That alone, we should have this person being watched or have him, he should have been locked up for it years ago. But this to me is the most compelling suspect. And obviously the police thought so as well because they brought him in for questioning no less than six times. I'm told there were several off-the-record questionings as well. The problem is, though, is that we've got a small-town situation and people are being protected, or were at that time. To say they're still being protected now um, would be false. But there isn't an effort going in to Dolores's case anymore. We need to bring these things to light. I'm just talking about a 1 plus 1 plus 1 is going to equal 3. Let's connect these dots, guys. We have this fucking mutt who's going and looking in people's houses, is a well-known creep, and is looking at everyone's house in the area. We have a victim who arrives home at the same time frame 
every single day for lunch. Could it have been that this person's trying to get into the house when our victim is as well so that they have easier access because they aren't a master thief and it's a crime of opportunity. And what happens is, is that after the crime's committed, when the teenage daughter comes home from school and finds her mother's body, when the cops get there and allow friends, family, neighbors, and four people that have been known a man in a long, dark coat with a dark colored hat and what appears to be a scruffy beard to be exiting the driveway. There's four people that were unknown who they were that walked through that crime scene and had access to that home before the home was taped off and was you know, essentially locked down by the police officers. Who, had, who were these four people? They were four males. Who had access to this home? Who was the person seen leaving the driveway? There's a lot of things that we can still uncover here, but one thing is obvious to me. BK needs to have a second look. BK needs to have a third look. And if he's already have six looks, then we need to do a seventh because there is more to this person than what's meeting the eye. This is a crime of opportunity, and we've got a person who was known to look into the windows of homes in the area. And you're telling me he didn't look into this home, didn't know what was going on there? Maybe he didn't know that Dolores was going to be home. Maybe he broke into the house and was going to take the guns, something that he saw anyways. I don't know, but there's a lot more to uncover. I want you guys to hit me up with some more feedback. Let me know um, some other things that you have with the case, memories of the family, um, anything of that time. Let's go ahead and get the grassroots, the ground roots swell for this one. We need this case to be opened up and to be looked at again. We need justice for the Smothers family. Hit us up on Instagram, at Mean Spirited Podcast. Let's get this out there. Jan, I appreciate you joining us once again. You loving this beautiful heat wave we're going to have? Yeah, man, I'm staying inside. The air conditioning's on, so I'm good. Yeah, good yeah. Now, where do you keep your air conditioning at? I'm always curious to know what people keep cool. Uh, I'm like a low, low 70s. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll dip into the 60s if, like, it's really, really hot, but usually you can just, like, stuff Good. Yeah. I wish. I would love it. See, like, I would be fine in the wintertime at 60 degrees. I would be completely fine with that. Sweatshirt on, just comfortable as all shit. I run hot. I run hot. Um, I it, it is 65 in here during the wintertime when everyone's sleeping because that's better for your sleep. Um, but and during the summer, it's always 70. We have this new super efficient air conditioner now or heating and air unit. So it's now like 72 to 74, but it feels like 70 in here. And when I sleep, I drop it down to 68. Okay. So yeah, I, I do like it. Cool. I like to be able to cover up with a blanket at any point in time. Okay. So you, you're a system guy. You got, you got it all scheduled and planned out. I do. I do. But uh, the one thing I wish I had were uh, air conditioning runs in my ceiling upstairs in my main bedroom. That's that's something that maybe I'll get added as we go along here at the ranch. Who knows? Well, <laughs> that sounds expensive. You know, one thing at a time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, maybe I just, maybe just a window fan. 
You know what? That wouldn't be bad. Those box fans. Those fine box what fans. You know, I watched the King of... Speaking of box fans and heating and air units, um, white trashes can be... I watched King of Staten Island for its premiere. I was waiting for it to come out. I think I've been talking about it since uh, before we got quarantined. It was phenomenal. It was everything I wanted it to be. Of course, like any Apatow movie, it was about 20 to 40 minutes too long. I think you could have cut 20 minutes out of it. It's a perfect movie. Um, when I did the rewatch on it, I cut those 20 minutes out personally, so it was fine. Um, but it's a great movie. It's, it is a definite two thumbs up, which is my highest recommendation. I watched it last night, actually. And thoughts. Thoughts. My thoughts were... Pete Davidson okay. playing himself, essentially. Yes. Was not good at playing himself. Really? Okay. So you didn't like Pete's performance? I, I didn't like Pete's performance because here's a, here, here's the role where it should have been my opportunity to like really, really like him. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, a guy okay. that deals with anxiety, depression, his father passing away. You know, during nine eleven, which they don't talk about directly yep. but you know in the movie there's obviously you know ties to that where you you know you you understand oh sure um, but he never he, he never like won me back over even during like the redemption arc okay i still never was like really won back over okay I think, like at any point he was gonna be a thing now that could be more just the writing of the story um, I think like, you know, and not to go into too much detail or spoilers or anything like that, but I think in the one scene where there is, uh, in trouble with his friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, he just, he didn't really do much. He, I don't know. I, I just think there was a couple parts that maybe if they would have removed them, it, it would have worked a little better. I don't know. See, I, I personally, I, mean, I would have cut that whole look, scene out of the movie. Yeah, I would. I would have too. I would have cut out most of the scene with his with his friend. Um, I, I, that was just personally, I would say get the get the scene with his friend out of there because those weren't likable characters really either. Um, more with the girl, the love interest, or I yeah, she was good. I She's phenomenal. She was she was the sister in White Boy Rick, and she just has that um, that kind of downriver trash thing completely down. Yeah. And not to say anything disparaging about all of our Downriver Trash listeners, that we love you. We obviously love you. Hugs and kisses always. Salt of the earth. But um, I thought I thought I thought Maude was really good. Yep. She would have had more scenes. Yep. She's um, real good on it. You know, I I can't. I just like I kept wanting to like it more, and I just couldn't. I don't know what it. There was like a. It was like a barrier a little bit, you know? Okay, so I'm going to come back to Pete Davidson, but I think with the movie, I think you're incredibly right, and that was part of what I thought could get um, cut from the film. I thought that whole plot line that we're talking about with his friends, like the scene that led into that plot line before that with them, that whole thing could have been cut, and that's 20 minutes of the movie that's that much better because you didn't need that plot line. 
Obviously, some of the scenes with them were pivotal. But aside from those couple scenes, like, they could have really been, you know, had heat check moments in it if there was less of them. And I think if you cut out that plot line and what happens there, I think it makes them significantly more likable because that's what I did when I rewatched it. They are hitting home runs because they're only coming in a couple times. And each time they do, it's to break balls just like your friends always do to you, especially if you have a tragedy in your family. Um, so that I liked. I was interested to see how someone who wasn't completely bought into Pete Davidson um, and wasn't already a, a big fan of his would interpret him in the movie. They would had to do some stuff with the 9-11 um, and make it a different time just because of... Uh, timelines with the age of the sister and everything like that to go in with the movie. But I was a big fan of his anyways and was bought into his story anyhow. So to me, it was like he was playing someone different than Pete because of the fact that it wasn't exactly like that story that I've heard 15 times and know by heart at this point. So for me, he was playing a character and he was just playing a, a white trash idiot. So I looked at it a little differently. So that's why I have... Like I'd probably give it a you know a thumb a full thumb higher than you or maybe a half thumb higher than you, um, but that's part of the reason why is because I already had heard his story so many times that I was able to look at him as just playing a different character or a version of him. Yeah, see for me, so I, I get what you're saying, but I think that the friends their best their best scene was basically that first scene that they were in, which is in like the first 90 seconds of the movie, they, that was probably where they were on the biggest Yep, role. absolutely. And then one other part, you yep. know? And, and then from there, it was kind of, it was kind of up and down. Like I, like, I could have done less with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were the worst part about it. That's what I cut out of the movie was a majority of them. I probably cut out 70% of them, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, and then as far as Pete goes... Um, it was funny because most of the scenes that he was in, he was the least likable person in all of those scenes, which was hard. Yeah. And and again, like you know, for for going into it and and, and not really knowing what to expect, because I've watched him a little bit on Saturday Night Live. I think he's kind of one note on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Um, okay. I watched him on a couple other things where he seemed to kind of like open up a little bit and be a little bit more. You know, uh, it just seemed like, uh, to me, I felt like he was just really, really trying too hard to not be, be likable in the movie, um, where it was almost like, man, with all these continuously, like, you're just, you're, you're in shit, you're in shit, you're in shit, you start to finally feel this, like, um, you know, breakthrough. I didn't feel that in the movie, which is, I don't, again, I don't know if, it's the, if it was the writing or the acting. But normally when you feel somebody kind of go through this, you know, the 180 transformation, you know, where he kind of like, it clicks for him yep. or for that person. He didn't. Usually there's a little bit, there's, yeah, he didn't. Or he, he was getting there. I mean, he was just going, he was starting down that road. Yeah, but it was so late in the movie <laughs> that he yeah. never got the opportunity to really just go like, oh man, I'm glad I got to see that full character arc of him getting his shit together. That it was more like I feel like Bill Burr's character. Bill Burr was his full redemption. Yes. Bill how good was Bill Burr in it? Bill Burr's so fucking likable. He was he was awesome. Even when he was being a dick, he was he was great. 
Like he, that 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 character was made for him, and that's why that's why I had such a hard time with. Like in every scene, mm-hmm. I like everybody else more. Than I like Pete Davidson in the scenes with Marissa Tomei. She she was the better. Uh, she was she was better, and the ones with like Maud Apatow. I thought she was good. And she I'm, I'm going to tell you what. Maude Apatow is going to be phenomenal. And I know that, you know, I, I wonder how that dynamic is trying to um, direct your daughter and tell her what to do when she's, you know, 20 years old or whatever. But she was great in the movie. She is really talented. She is, she's very good. And, and again, like, I, I like the movie. Yeah. But I think if you, I literally think if you plucked out Pete Davidson, <laughs> and you put in any other actor that I didn't know, and you gave him the same content. You I think, think you would have thought different? Okay. I think I would have thought different. I don't know. Maybe I just had like a bias towards Pete Davidson because I feel like he got to fuck Ariana Grande and Kate Beckinsale and everybody. Yeah, and he just seems to like get by. But I, I've never, like, watched him and, and been like, man, he's charismatic, or he has something about him, like that hit factor, you know? Well, can, we, can we be honest, though? Sometimes you do get angry at potheads that just seem to skate by and have things go well for them sometimes. You do sometimes. Well, I, I mean, I have a bias. Well, I'm I just saying. I'm There's, saying sometimes you get mad at those. I have a bias to it. <laughs> but, at the same time, <laughs> he could have he killed Killed that movie. This could have been like a huge, huge thing for him, you know. I thought so. Yeah, See, I'm. I thought the movie was good. Oh. I mean, it's something where I'd probably watch it again. Okay. I'd probably give it a little bit of a different look. I think it's gonna have a, look at it a, little, a little differently. I think it's gonna have one of those runs where it's always on HBO or Showtime or eventually TBS or Paramount Network or whatever the fuck. But it's gonna have a great rewatchability run on it. Um, I, I think that's going to be one that people are always rewatching, and there's going to be parts that get funnier. If you can do your own personal edit on it after you watch it the first time, definitely go through, edit the You'll understand the part we're talking about. Edit that out is my recommendation. But all in all, definitely a, a good, see, a good, a, 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 a worthy watchable, probably a rewatchable too. Yeah, my my last thing on, on on the movie is the scenes with all the other firefighters. Yeah, were some of the best scenes in the movie. And yeah, I would have loved to see to, to have seen more of that. Yep. I think that that chunk of the movie, if it would have been more of that, would have really really done more with like developing him as a character and kind of seeing like what these guys really have to go to because. I, one thing that the movie did, did, did pretty poorly, in my opinion, is it didn't frame the times. Like, I couldn't tell if if when he first got to the firehouse to in his little breakthrough, was it a day? Or was it week? six months? Was it, month? it was six months? No, I don't know. I said, was it a day or six months? I had the oh, same problem. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it, I think if there would have been like something to kind of like give you a reference of time, because they showed the, the sister at a Halloween party. Yeah. But school starts usually August, September. That could have been one month. How much time really passed? So I, I think that's one thing that I would have liked to. Uh, I think would have really helped 
trying to guide the movie and stuff like that. So. I can see that. I can see that. I, um, yeah, I loved Bill Burr. I'd love to see the outtakes of Bill Burr just breaking balls with Steve Buscemi and stuff like that. Steve Buscemi seems just like a wonderful guy. Oh my god, yeah. He, he was great. I wanna hang with Steve Buscemi, man. He's great in everything. Um the well, that brought me to something that I was like actually wanting to talk to you about this week, and that was something that I'm missing the hell out of right now is when you watch a movie, movie theater snacks, man. I miss my junior mints, I miss my um Coke or my Pepsi freeze with half Pepsi, half cherry. I'm missing that. I, that's what I. That was the only thing missing from that movie. That's what we're gonna miss from being at home. Yeah, man. Um, Junior Mints. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of. What they're do, like, like Kramer said, it's refreshing. It's not. No, candy isn't supposed to be refreshing. You know. Oh. Well, you know, mints are mints for a reason. They're refreshing. You know, toothpaste is refreshing. Mouthwash is refreshing. Candy is not supposed to be refreshing. Well, I, I mean, it's delicious, yeah, too. That, that right there is probably one of the most overrated candies, and I can't believe that's the one you came right out of the gate with. Wow, I love a junior... What's your go-to candy at the movie theater? Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch. Gotta go, gotta go something sweet, something sour, something chewy. Something that, like, uh, you know, when you're drinking the pop, you're really feeling like it's, it's doing its job of getting all that stuff out of there. Oh my goodness, great. Okay. But never never a junior mint man. If I wanted a junior mint to me is like those candies you get from the Olive Garden when you're leaving. Because yeah, you mean fucking people. delicious Andy's mints? No, those are great. But yeah. Again, that's not I'm sitting I'm not gonna ever, ever be sitting in front of a movie or, or sitting in front of the T V eating those just out of sheer pleasure. When I leave the Olive Garden those two to ten that I take and I eat right then and there, that's it. They're gone. I never see them again. I, I do something with the tin foil. I take the football out of the way. That's it. Wow. So you're you're out on a York peppermint patty too? Or, or is that is... no man? York peppermint patties are are just as bad. I don't just don't get minty chocolate. I don't get minty chocolate. Are you kidding me? It combines delicious chocolate with the cool burst. Of skiing down a mountain on Special K. That's the thing. Is, that's the thing is, you don't need to feel like you're going down a mountain on a, on a, on a hot day. That's not, that's not how it works. You know, it's candy. It's supposed to be an experience. <laughs> I, I can't believe... I'm going to be honest. Rarely am I speechless, but you not being in a... I didn't... Man. Wow, I've never heard someone say this about a York peppermint patty. It's one of the great pleasures in my life is to eat a York peppermint patty. Or to get those bite-sized ones and just chuck a couple in your mouth. Well, here, let me, let me, but let me paint the picture for you. Okay. Every single restaurant you have ever walked out of and paid at the counter has York peppermint patties in the container, right? Correct. They're always 25 cents, and you know what? They're never gone. It's always full. There's a reason for that. It's because they're all waiting for me to come and eat them. No, they're not just stocking them up that good. Those restaurants aren't that. (laughs) There's nobody eating them. You are the only people eating them. I say you are the entire people. (laughs) You know, I guess I could believe it. There's always plenty of Yorks, but... 
Man, I didn't. So, but you're in on the sour patch. Can see, I would go the opposite. I would never touch the sour. I don't like it. And my overrated candy would actually be the um, chocolate chips with like shit on the outside of them. Those little balls that fall off and just make a mess on your shirt. You're basically just paying for chocolate for shitty chocolate chips. Oh, the snow cap. Yeah. Yeah, those are terrible. I, those, those are some, like, 1930s nostalgic candy that just... I'm pretty sure all the boxes that you're looking at are from the 1930s. I don't think anybody's ever eaten them. I can see it. Like candy corn. It's just like a Twinkie that doesn't go bad. Yep. I believe it. Well, no one's ever going to eat it to find out, so... Yeah. It, they're terrible. One of, these, one of these shows, you should eat a box of those. Oh, God. What do you think about it? I, I will. I'll eat it live and just be... They're terrible. I mean, it's... First of all, whatever you're wearing is just covered in them. And then on top... So there's no way... You can't eat it on any type of date. So they're out of the question there, which is... A, I don't know. Do people still go to the movies for dates? It's been a while since Sinatra's has been out of the game. But... So it's just out right there. And it's just basically a dehydrated, nasty chocolate chip. So I'm out on those. But what about with a junior mint? Have you ever had a couple junior mints and like a handful of popcorn too, man? Because that's pretty, that's pretty crazy right there. No, that's <laughs> crazy, man. This, you, you gotta separate your flavor. You have too much going on. You've got, you've got your sour, which is great. Okay? Uh huh. And then you can have your popcorn either before or after. You can't just be mixing it. Like that's not how it works. Uh, this isn't a a smoothie where we're just throwing flavors in there and blender and see what happens. Like, you gotta separate yourself. You do it all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> um, the, the Sour Patch Kids make my tongue feel weird. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what the hell am I doing to those Sour Patch Kids? Oh! Well, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're doing way too much sucking on the Sour Patch Kids, okay? You gotta... And, you know, just over time, you'll, you'll grow accustomed to that. It's kind of like a... Like a little bit of an enjoyable pain, if you will, you know? Yeah, I can dig that. I can dig that. So, yeah, I was I was thinking, what about, di- you know what else is overrated as shit? They used to see it ever. These cocksuckers have been the fucking ice cream of the future since I was a kid. Dippin' Dots. Those flavorless, overly cold sacks of shitty ice cream. Dippin' Dots are like getting your, your tongue Yes. A thousand times while you're eating it. I don't understand, like, where this became a good idea. No. I don't know, and I don't know how it's still there. Nope. My brother and I will go to the Lions game. Mm-hmm. You know, we got tickets and stuff, which is a terrible investment. Just, but you know, that's that's for another time. Uh huh. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'm 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 looking at this line, and it's like thirty people deep, and I'm like, just get like a. Just get like an ice cream cone, you know? Like, I'd rather eat that mm-hmm. than this artificial fake ice cream shit. Yeah. And yeah. ice cream in the future, like, we're here, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 20 fucking 20. We're, we're at the church of what's happening now, and it's still not the future enough for Dippin' Dots. That maybe in the future, everything's going to be a flavorless motherfucker, and then Dippin' Dots are actually going to taste good. So then they'll be the dessert of then. But I remember them too, like at the palace, like yeah, like when you'd come around in that up that big staircase at the front, like the north entrance of the palace. <clears throat> there'd be that big Dippin' Dots display greeting you, ice cream of the future. And I got it once, and my dad and I each took a bite of it and looked at each other and went, 
nah, and threw it away. And let me tell you, at that point in time, $5 on an ice cream was a big deal. And we were very happy to toss that shit the fuck out. I mean, it was awful. My daughter wanted to get it once, and I said, no, honey, we're going to get a real... That's not real. It's for your dolls. So she didn't have her doll with her, so she didn't want to get it. So it was nice. I got her an ice cream bar. But she doesn't like gumballs on ice cream bars, oddly enough. So maybe that's good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'm a big fan of candy on the ice cream either. Like, I just want one or the other. Yeah. Know? Well, what's your go-to ice cream, then? Mix it and match. My go-to ice cream. Um, what, like, what, are you, what are you talking okay, about? Okay, so, like, <clears throat> I've got an ice cream stand around the block, like, two blocks away from my house on the mean streets here. Um, <clears throat> so, we go there. I'm in line. I'm going to get it in a waffle cone. We've got X amount of flavors. We've got every ice cream flavor here. What do you want? I always go with either, with one of two. My go-to is Moose Tracks. My backup is Mackinac Island Fudge. Okay. So, my two ice cream flavors is if I'm there, the Gully option. Salt chip cookie dough is number one for me. Okay. And number two is I love the Superman ice cream. Okay. Okay. Uh, since I... I, it's, it's got all it's got all these great flavors. It looks cool. It's just good, man. That's it. Okay, so I've got a Superman ice cream incident. Believe it or not, I didn't know you were gonna say super uh, Superman ice cream. Um, okay, so my Superman ice cr- cream incident is this: I used to love it as a kid growing up. When I was eighteen, I took a trip to Mackinac Island. When I was there, the person I was with and I started, we split a bag of mushrooms. So I got a big cone of Superman ice cream and I dropped it on the ground. And I sat there and watched a bird eat my ice cream for what felt like seven to ten hours. And it was probably like eight minutes. Yeah, it was probably like eight, maybe nine minutes, man. It was like 95 degrees out. So I don't know, since then, like, every time I get, I go to get Superman ice cream, I get this awful, like, old cork taste in my mouth, and I'm just like, that. But when I'm at the store, my go-to is always cookie dough ice cream. So when I'm, so when I'm bringing it home to eat, I do the cookie dough ice cream all day long. Yeah, if you were to do that, you'd it'd be a rough time with anything. Let me ask you, what is your favorite off-the-truck ice cream? Off-the-ice-cream truck? So, I like to go with either the, with the Choco Taco. Okay. It, it combines two of my favorite things, ethnic food and... Uh, chocolate ice, chocolate covered ice cream. All right, so I'm going with the WWF. Yeah, oh yeah. That was like one side, this soft cookie. Yeah. Nougat. I don't even know what that was. Yeah, it was like a, it was a delicious cookie. It was like a better version of a Pepperidge Farm. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And then it had the Russell boom stamped right on it. Yep. Vanilla and chocolate. Yeah. Man, that that's it right there. And it gave you the WWF little trading card in there. It did. Ultimate, you got an Ultimate Warrior one. You called it a day, man. That was it right there. Yeah. Oh my God, that was the one. Oh shit! But I never used to get the Ultimate Warrior. 
I'd always get like fucking Rick Martel or Tito Santana, which, you know, that's fine, Tito Santana. I'm not certainly not saying bad about Tito Santana, but I wanted like the Ultimate Warrior or Bret Hart or Hulk Hogan, and now they don't even have the WWE things on the cart. They don't even have them, man. You can't get those anymore, man. No. They're gone. It's terrible. You know, it must have been your neighborhood, because, man, I was getting, I was getting Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, Hogan. Well, I'd only get them, like, where I grew up was the middle of nowhere, so we did not, if a motherfucker came around in an ice cream truck, it's because someone was going to get molested that day. It's like, oh, you remember that molester, Jerry? Um, but we, when I'd go to Flint in the, in the summertime, sometimes I'd go stay at my aunt and uncle's in Flint for, you know, a week at a time or whatever. So when I'd go there, um, they would have an ice cream truck come by all the time. And the ice cream truck always had the WWE. So yeah, I got those or the Choco Taco because, you know, again, ethnic food. Well, of course, Flint got the knockoff WWE character. Yeah, they, they got the shit ones. I think I got Bad News Brown once. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it was a real fucking win. It was a real win. Well, the last thing I'm going to hit you on, because I don't really, I can't believe I did this, but I built a French drain this weekend in my yard. So even with the bum ankle and everything else, um, I'm kicking ass that way. But uh, that is the most man shit thing I have ever done by myself. I don't. Are you good at man shit? I am not. What you just described—a French drain—I don't—I don't know what that is. Um, I've never heard of that. Well, I didn't know it was called that until I was done. Okay, so you googled it or YouTube it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, this is how good that I am. So one of my friends actually invited me over on Saturday to help him level out his backyard. Okay. Which I didn't know what this entailed, but apparently. It's digging up, you know, eight yards of filler dirt. Yeah. Put it into a wheelbarrow and dumping it into a hole. Yep. Now, for me, uh, that seemed very complicated. And then he pulls out these stakes with string, and, and he has this, like, intricate maze of strings and stuff going up to level things out. <laughs> and I started to realize, like, if, if I ever have a, a hole or a trench in my backyard, I'm I'm going to have to call, like, three or four Mexicans to take care of this because I can't do it. Yeah, no, I'm with you a million percent. I um, I actually do know how to do that, but only because my dad my dad showed me how, Um, which is how I know how to do it. Dude, ah, sorry, sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one on a later show because that's a whole bucket of crawfish. Um yeah wow um it was like the time i said something and you responded with i don't know man i guess i'd have to have a connection with my father for that one i went wow um so anyway uh, i forgot where i was with that um yeah well i don't know he taught me how to do like some man shit but most things i just stand and watch him do it because i like if if i had to change a tire I'd be up Shit's Creek. I don't know how to drive a stick shift. I can't, like, uh, hang drywall. I can't... I'm not even good at painting a wall. Yeah, painting painting is the devil's work. Yep. Uh, nobody should have to do that. Mm-hmm. It, it seriously is the worst. I do know how to change a tire. Mm. That, became a, that was just out of necessity because... 
I broke down on the side of the road in an area where I had no choice but to either figure out how to fix the tire or probably be murdered. So, you know, you, you just, you figure it out. Um, but man, there aren't a lot of things that I know how to do. Um, I go to the, the oil change place and these guys are just like, oh, you need this and you need to get this changed and get this done. And I'm just like, okay, here's my card. They could be lying to me. They could be working at something. They could be buying Amazon stuff with my, with my card. I don't know. I always feel so I, inferior when they say that. And I always feel awkward as well going, yeah, man, uh, it's under warranty. So they'll take care of that stuff. Fuck it. So I, I don't know. That's yeah, always these me. guys are like, these guys are just like kind of dudes off the street with grease all over their faces and their hands and their shirts. Yeah. And they make me feel like I'm just a, a, the dumbest person in the world. I don't know what they're talking about ever. Yeah, like I, I'm inferior. I think, um, you know, I think the, the knowing how to do man stuff is eventually just going to go away. There's way too many tools out there to just call go on the internet and say, hey, I need you to do this. And somebody comes out there that knows what the hell they're doing, and it's done. Like, my kids, oh, my God, they're screwed. Like, they're not going to know anything. <laughs> they're not going to know how to fix shit. Like, <laughs> like light bulbs is probably going to be the extent of their changing. When I do that, I feel so accomplished. I walk around the house for, like, days. I broke a light... Out. I broke a light bulb off in the socket, taking it out. Like, it just unscrewed from the screw part in itself. And it's just been stuck that way for like six months now because I can't fix it. You know how you you know how you take care of that? How? Is it a potato yeah. trick? Yeah. It didn't work. Home improvement, man. That's where I remember it from, and it didn't fucking work. I got like a quarter of a potato oh, stuck in a light socket. Hell, Borland, he lied to us. See, that, that's that's how much I know about man stuff is home improvement. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, me too. I guess that's my f- pretty big fill up. I'm awful with it, man. I hope to get better, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I do know how to no, split no, wood. Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. That seems like a, a strength thing, and I don't have any of that. <laughs> um, you know, i just gotten by and I'm just quick talking my entire life. Just so. guile. Guile and balls, okay? And I, they might yeah, be the same thing. Up and that's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah, fuck it, man. Fuck it. Well, man... I tell people I can't swim. And they're you can't swim? Caught off guard. Like, yeah. But I go, how many fucking times have I ever been in a position where I had to be in the water if I didn't want to be? You know, it's not like this is water world and Kevin Costner is floating around with gills on his neck. Like, Do your kids know how to swim? have to go in the water. You know, they don't know how to swim either. Okay, are they gonna? Are you gonna teach them or? Well, I mean, I'm not gonna teach them because I don't know how to swim. Well, I would definitely take them to a place where they, they can be trained. Fair enough. Knows what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea for me. Either. Yeah, maybe you sh- you shouldn't flail about with them. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, that's all right. Poor, and there was no water around. What were they supposed to do? I understand. I can understand. I can understand. There's another demographic that is in, in that similar situation, so I get it. I get it. We, yeah. my grandparents on my mom's side, um, they weren't always huge fans of us. For the most part, they were, but they had a pool, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really privileged, right? There. It was, man. Like we'd go over there, and it was pissing in high cotton. It was nice stuff. 
It's good stuff, man. Yeah, I think with that, we have said it all. Are you going to come back and join me next week? Yeah, man. We'll do this again. All right, we'll keep rocking and rolling. Thanks for joining us. We certainly said it all. I appreciate you guys joining us. Give me some feedback. Let's find this motherfucker as soon as we can. Let's get him off the streets. Now, don't do any vigilante stupid shit. Make sure we contact the Michigan State Police Department or the Genesee County Sheriff's Department as soon as possible with that. Let's be a community. Let's love one another, you bunch of fucking mutts. We're not going to be hating each other because of the fucking way someone walks or talks. Be a human being. It doesn't matter. We're all from the same place. Let's love each other. Let's work hard. Make sure you kids stay in school. Lay off the hard shit. Keep it right between the lines and everything's going to be a okay Thanks for joining me again. We'll talk to you fuckers down the road.